Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Like, uh, what the hell were we thinking? Some bitch. Do any of you feel like you've been in the like a slow motion train wreck over the last year, year and a half, two years? And <laughs> every week I do this show, it's like there's some new narrative in the collective consciousness. But I want you to go back in time before you were born when your soul was looking at the pamphlet about incarnating on earth and you're leafing through the pages. And uh, remember at the very, very bottom of the last page, it says, your experience might vary. <laughs> I mean, it had beautiful pictures of nature and the national parks. And I mean, who... What soul wouldn't want to incarnate on earth? And uh, it looked all tempting, and you sign up, and then you forgot that fine print that said, yeah, your experience might be slightly different than what's portrayed in this brochure. (laughs) Well, um, I think we're going to have a fantastic show tonight. I love even the title conquer your karmic relationships and our guest tonight is tracy dunblazer we're going to bring her on in just a minute but you know um how do you how do you get uh qualified how do you get experienced how do you like master anything to master something, you can't just read a book or read a hundred books or a thousand books. At some point, you got to get some skin in the game. You can't be a skilled sailor by watching YouTube videos. You have to go out in the storm and, and get your feet wet, metaphorically. And my, oh, my planet Earth, talk about uh, perhaps one of the most challenging graduation classes a soul could imagine. A calm sea doesn't make a skilled sailor ever. You can't become a skilled sailor in somebody's swimming pool or in a calm sea. You got to have the tempest you got to have the tsunami to really really claim your abilities to master something you just got to have some skin in the game and your soul being a skinless persona decided to incarnate and draw up mother earth that became our bodies um It's curious because having guests on this show, I've learned I learned many years ago to um, let it let it define itself. Because when I was more of a rookie uh, podcaster, I I would read guest bios and and in my mind I would think well I don't you know I'll be curious to see where this episode goes and 
and more often than not, what I thought might not be that much of a high-impact show left me speechless. And other times, shows that were touted to be, you know, the good Kool-Aid turned out to be rather empty. And and what I'm getting at is, uh, karmically, the topic of our show tonight, Conquer Your Karmic Relationships. Karmically, we ha- we all have unique journeys, totally unique journeys. Even if somebody has a, a life path in this lifetime that seems simple and easy, that doesn't that doesn't reflect at all over the the many lifetimes that particular soul might have traveled. Anyway, I think we should get to it because uh, Tracy's uh, quite the author, and this is going to be quite the episode. Again, the topic tonight is conquered your karmic relationships with Tracy, and our guest is Tracy Dunblazer. Conquer Your Karmic Relationships is the name of her latest book. The subtitle is Heal Spiritual Trauma to Open Your Heart and Restore Your Soul. Man, that sentence right there could be a a brochure for coming to Earth. (laughs) Um, Let's get to it, though. Tracy is a Los Angeles-based spiritual empath shaman and 20-time national award-winning author, a certified grief counselor, and multi-sensitive. Tracy's blend of intuitive information combined with different modalities has provided the opportunity for thousands to achieve deep healing and create the success and peace they seek in their lives. As president of the Coalition of Visionary Resources, the trade organization for mind, body, and spirit industry. She manages the Visionary Awards Program and educational opportunities for MBS, mind, body, spirit businesses. You can learn more at her website, uh, Tracy Dunblazer. I think we should get to it. Join me in welcoming to the show, Tracy. Welcome to the show. (laughs) <laughs> it is so great to be here, Les. What the heck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any of this crap in the brochure. I mean, I feel shortchanged. There's supposed to be a buffet. I was promised a buffet. <laughs> it's like the pharmaceuticals. The last, you know, 40 seconds of the commercial are this, 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 and death could possibly happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> shit happens. It's, it's okay. Well, uh, first of all, kudos on your book. I I very much enjoy how comprehensive this book is. I've karma is um, one of my uh, favorite topics, and you have really just um, you you've covered this the the spectrum of of karmic stigmas in such a comprehensive way with this book. I I very much applaud you. What a wonderful book. Thank you. To give you a little insight about how that happened, 
was that when, when I, like lately in the last, say, decade, when I read, I, I can read a couple of paragraphs and then I have to go back and reread and really take in what I've read. And I like, I like, I like to be inspired by, in a few paragraphs. And so I really wrote this book to be like a dictionary of life situations that people can understand the deeper levels of them of themselves in those uh, dimensions of life. And you can you don't have to read the book from cover to cover. You can, but you don't have to. You can you can pick a page, just open the book to any page and and dig in or you can look through the ridiculously huge table of contents. I'm almost embarrassed because it's just so big, but it just kind of had to be that way because I wanted people to be able to read through and go, oh, that, I need to know about that today. Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. I totally see this as a go-to reference. I mean, how many times do uh, um, even a, a less comprehensive book, you can read the book. And 10 years later, come back and read the book and get something totally different out of it because you change as the receptor of the information. But, um, well, absolutely. So you work with with uh, people now uh, as a certified grief counselor is one on one accurate for most of your interactions? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I do a lot of speaking engagements, com- conferences, expos, panels, uh, lectures, and I absolutely have a one-on-one practice. Um, I, I love. I, I will never stop doing that because I love to work with people and I love their their new stories and the new opportunity to facilitate somebody to a new perspective um, of themselves. You know, to to show them new dimensions that they have and are to help them articulate it. So definitely that's a, that's a, that's a part of it. But I, I do loving, I, I do love addressing groups. I find that when you, when you have a, you know, one of the things that I address in the book is karmic groups, uh, soul groups, I call them. And mm-hmm. it's like anytime, like if you go to the grocery store, everybody there at the store at that time in that moment is a karmic group, whatever, whatever breaks down in that place at that time, everybody that's there was intended to be there. The experiences that you have, you were intended to have. They're purposeful. Right. They're meaningful. And when, when I, I, you know, I find that when I do lectures or, or panels at, at different expos, the, the, gr- the group that shows up, it, it's just such a powerful energy of transformation for whatever, whatever topics arise. Like, you know, you and I are talking right now, and there's a group of people listening right now and that's a karmic group we all have an alignment a, a connection that connects us across time and space wherever we are and that's powerful to me oh indeed very nice well you know the um as you were talking uh, 9-11 the the day of of days how many people mm-hmm. didn't make the train to work? How many people were stuck in another city because they missed the last flight out? How many people, blah, blah, blah. Um, yes. And because your soul can see the whole dynamic before it unfolds, 
And if it's if it's part of your karmic um, uh, disposition, it'll let you go ahead and go in the building. And if if you got other crap to do in this life, it'll it'll ruin your day as far as your ego's perspective is concerned. But um, I really right. like that. Yeah, well, it's, it's powerful. You know, it's interesting. Go ahead. It's 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 interesting because I lived uh, I lived in New York for about a decade, uh, and then 15 years, I was back, like you know, 10, five, the last five years, I was back and forth to L.A., but I left just uh, just after the first World Trade Center bombing in 93, and my right. spirit was not going to let me stay for the, for the, I mean, I still had a lot of contacts when 9-11, 9/11 happened in 2000, 2001, but, right. you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't my it wasn't my thing to be there. It was my there, my thing to support the world and support my friends who were there. Right. And and it was and it was interesting because I w- I would have never thought that. <laughs> I'm I'm good in a crisis, so I uh, you know I always <laughs> imagine myself that I uh, in in places where crisis breaks out. But as as it turned out, that's not that's not what happened. Well, if you, maybe if you take up cooking, you could be around when crisis breaks out. I mean, because your cooking is <laughs> I'm sorry that that was bad. <laughs> now, well, I've been staring at the notion of karma for a long time for decades, and from my perspective, my Kool-Aid, that there seems to be a uh, I guess I'd call it a a viscosity of consciousness. I mean, just, I mean, Mm. uh, like in a past life, uh, the king was totally trashing his his kingdom and you were outspoken Mm -hmm. and you told him to back off and you're trying to get the populace to see his malicious ways. And and he decided to put you to death in a very slow and painful way. And that can mm-hmm. get loaded up in your psyche. And right. for me, for me, it's like we're all walking around with hardcore flu, but we've, we wouldn't know it because every day of our life has been this. Our bodies have felt the same. You know, you know what I mean? Because... Um, yes. Absolutely. Some people are like a walking numbness. <laughs> I mean, they're mm. they, they yeah. can't feel anything. Their their mental disposition is, you know, that of a slug. And and yes. I, I just imagine the uh, the viscosity of their persona mm-hmm. is like, you know, like caramel before it sets up, or not right. quite melted ice cream or something. So right. when you work when you work with people, um, how do you how do you um, bring about in their mind the notion that there's stigmas, there's there's karmic imprinting in their psyche that they might not be aware of, and and then how do you bring them bring them around to bump up against it so you can. Do something about it. Well, I mean, that's – so I have two aspects of my work. There's the the grief counseling, 
which is a little different than just the, uh, the, the spiritual counseling I do. When, I, when somebody comes, uh, usually if they have something that they want to look at specifically, I have them give me a, you know, a brief understanding of what, what's happening. And then I, I have them say their name three different times. I have them say their name to me. And in that, that emits to me their, their frequency, their vibration. And it literally paints a clairvoyant picture of what is at the core, what is the core imprint that is creating the obstacle they're facing. And, and I start there. I, try, I, don't, I, don't, I don't try to start where they're at and then go back. I go right back where it started. Right. Whatever lifetime, whatever experience they had, I, I go to that experience or event, and we look at it objectively. And usually that's an intuitive process. So I take them through uh, what could possibly be a, a past life uh, regression or, or visualization. Um, and sometimes it's a this life, you know, this, this life visualization of an event that right. when you have support in that process, you have somebody with you on the journey, uh, you are able to see it with the honesty that I'm able to see it with. I don't have any opinions. I don't have any judgment. I don't have any fear of what they experienced. And that allows them a a deeper freedom and a deeper sense of safety to look at whatever it is and address it. And sometimes that vision comes through them and sometimes it comes through me. And either way, we, it, it pulls up a conversation that may not have been you know, first and foremost in their mind. But when, it, mm-hmm. but when it's spoken out loud, when it's given a name in the physical world, it's, it's, it's able to be recognized. And oftentimes wow. when people have these, these deep-seated imprints, when you say it out loud, they're like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> but, I mean, like, you, know, you can bleep me out, whatever you need to do, but like, people, it's just like, wow, wow, because they always recognize them. They know them. It's, it's, it's like the back of their hand. They know it. But if you ask them to describe it, they may not immediately be able to do that because they're just so used to it, they, just, they dismiss it. And that's, and that's what karma feels like. It's a pattern that is so ingrained in yeah. everything that you do that we consciously yeah. dismiss it. Well, it's our norm. I mean, it's there every exactly. day. Every day. And that's what I was getting at with the the low grade flu thing because I yes. I would think if 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 we had the red ruby slippers and we clicked them together three times, if we could pull metaphorically all of our karma out of our psyche, we would be completely different. It's it's like the untethered soul, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And and I I find it. Um, um, just fascinating how um, how loaded up we can be. I've been uh, I got cracked open 25 years ago, and I've been scrubbing my psyche every day for 25 <laughs> years. And yes, and and that viscosity thing I'm talking about. It's like we're because I I know I got more junk in the trunk, so to speak. And so I sit here with mm-hmm. my with my consciousness and say. There's got to be a surface contact, so to speak. There's got to be a point of communion where this real-time now me and and the old dogma crap in my psyche, there's got to be a feeling behind that. 
And right. It's um it I I think it's so dense and still that it becomes mm-hmm. the norm. Like um um Absolutely. So when we look at the uh the the, the karmic uh, imprinting, I mean I um mm-hmm. we could call them train wrecks or whatnot, but um <laughs> In in my own in this lifetime, I had no clue that I had an immense amount of anger. I had no clue that my subconscious was like this super high, high pressure tank of anger. And I ha- mm-hmm. had a boss, a boss that would belittle me every day for a decade, mm. and that put me on a shrink's couch. Yeah, and and that cracked me open. Well, when I was going right. through the slow motion train wreck, he was the villain. He was the scallywag. And now in hindsight, yeah. he's my flipping angel. He was probably right. one of the most pronounced soul contracts I've had in this lifetime. So I should um, um, bow to him and say thank you for being such a first class scallywag, you know. Because, exactly. Because it cracked me open. So, so when when people think of their past, the the imprinting of their past, and they feel angst or worry that some of it might be bad or wrong, what would you what would you say to that? Well, you know this this that brings up most people when they think of karma, they think of punishment and reward. You do something good, you get something good. You do something bad, you get something bad. And it's not really like that. Karma, of course, is, is an action taken and the response to that action from the universe. And then that action taken over and over again, not ignoring that response from the universe, it creates a pattern. And it is those patterns, like what, one of them, and we're seeing this everywhere right now on the planet, is our relationship to authority the authority yep. in ourselves, our spiritual authority, and the authority in our, in our societies, i.e. government. Everybody has an opinion, but your opinion is based on your lens, which is set up by your karmic relationship to authority and how you feel about some people like to be told what to do because they don't want to take the responsibility fully for their, their condition. And other people do not want to be told what to do, but don't know how to take responsibility for their condition. And then there are other people who don't want to be attached to any of that because they don't want to listen to authority and they don't, and they, and they only take responsibility for their condition. So right. like everybody has their own relationship to authority. And so what, what happens is, is anytime when you, you use the word viscosity, which is a great word because it really gives us the visual of drawing, of being a, a big sticky pile attracting, like yes. a flypaper attracting certain things. So that's what our karma does. Our patterning attracts certain vibrations, certain experiences, certain energies to us, really, first of all, to show us what we have already. It shows us what we have going on, and it helps us to articulate it in a new way. Um, by, by judging it on another person, by visualizing it on another person, uh, by honoring it, or by learning to set boundaries with it. 
right? So all of those those things are ways that we uh, attract what is our karma, what are, what is our patterning. And once we can begin to recognize those things in a conscious way, we recognize the power that we have to, first of all, accept it. I call it radical acceptance, right? You know, I, I often think about, uh, you know, I over the years have related to my weight, my, my, my fat, my fat body, how I used, that's how I used to think about it. And then it took me many years, many decades to recognize that I had imprints of starving and dying right. in that starvation. And so I'm not comfortable being skinny, you know, so I, I have to, I have to manage, I had to learn to manage that. Then I had to recognize its, its presence and, and where it came from. And then I could finally begin to take control of my body and my health where the health that I had wasn't based on just needing to be a little thicker because I was uncomfortable that I wouldn't have a next meal, right? That was an unconscious, right. unconscious real estate. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So, so, right, we have, uh, you know, in the book I talk about uh, food and money as one of your first karmic relationships, your, your living oh, right. resource. Money, yeah. money is your first resource. And the, I mean, uh, food is your first resource, and then that turns into money. And then, and then your next resource is uh, your family, your connections. And then it's your, then it's your loved ones, and then your, your, your own, your, your relationships, your personal friends, your, your lovers, your, your marriages, your soul contracts. And then we have our relationship to mastery, which is our relationship to uh, authority, fear, hate, and death. Everybody has a relationship to one of those things, and they're the hardest things to articulate because, because they fucking piss us off. They, they, we, we, sure. Everybody's got a thing about one of those. And then the, oh, and then sure. the final oh, yeah. thing is our, is our relationship to our sexuality and our spirituality, our divinity. Right? People don't ever want to put, like if you're a religious person, oftentimes religions don't, many religions don't encourage you to put religion and sexuality in the same organizing connection. And so you as a person have got to recognize that we are sexual beings and then we are creative beings and we are spiritual beings and then we are divine beings. Right? We have connections to all of those things and we have to... Uh, be willing to have compassion for how we may have grown up, for the thoughts and opinions of other people, and then truly where, we, where we're at, what we want, and how we want to live. So right. that's, that's, that's the gamut of, of <laughs> karmic relationships <laughs> that, that set us up to attract certain things. And the, and the things that come up first, are going to trigger more things and trigger more things and trigger more things until we just keep blossoming. And in that radical acceptance of, of honoring what, what you're attracting as a message to a connection to how you are, it allows a whole other relationship to reveal itself. And it gives you opportunity to make different choices and to gain new information that frees you from that previous pattern. 
which is releasing yourself from the karma. Very nice. Well, you talk about sexuality and spirituality. They're kind of, um, they overlap quite a bit in my perspective. I, I think that, um, a lot of times in if if we look at the dogma of the past and the and the i don't know control mechanisms of humanity mm-hmm. and blah 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 all that crap um, when they made um our bodies when they made the the sensual pleasure of our bodies taboo they literally i mean um the 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 easy word would be orgasm but it's mm-hmm. it's really like a portal uh to i to your divine self or or i mean we've talked about tantra on the show a bunch of times mm-hmm. and, and there's there's something that happens in the communion through the sensual sexual communion that is that reeks of divinity and then to turn Absolutely. around and make the practice of that taboo is it's like whatever <laughs> they whatever they label taboo is probably a very powerful aspect of our persona <laughs> exactly exactly and i i think that you know, our, our ability to love ourselves and accept ourselves as we are and then love another is, is a powerful, is, 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 the mo- is the biggest power that we are endowed with. And our sexuality is just a way of, uh, you know, one of the, so I am an anti-drug person. Like I don't want to get high so I can trip and find out what spirit has for me. I am a, karmically speaking, I have multiple lifetimes of drug addiction. So I came into this lifetime needing to be sober as possible and to close, close all the doors I'd opened in, in previous experiences and, and transmute the information I have into wisdom. And that's so, but I, but I find that the drug experience and the people attracted to drugs or to the sex or any kind of addiction is the... The, the physiological bliss that comes with communion of any sort, whether it's, whether it's with the spirits, whether it's with drugs, whether it's in sex, what, whatever it is, that, that sense of there, there's a, when the communion happens, you have this openness that we can only sustain for a period of time until we learn how to practice it. Right. And so people fall in love with that first communion and they're like, oh, my God, I have to have more of this. <laughs> But the goal is to, to, to learn to, you know, to, to, to have that at your will, at your choice, not, right. not something that happens to you and only happens in these circumstances, but really ha- it's an openness that you have at your will, at your open heart. And that's, that to me is the ultimate mastery. And everything else is helping us to... Uh, create that. There's a word that I want. Practice that. Every, everything else is helping us to practice to get to that point of mastery. Very well spoken. Amen. In, in, <laughs> and I get an amen. Uh, hallelujah. 
<laughs> Praise Jesus and his buddies. I mean, the uh, <laughs> no, no, absolutely, because um, uh, like like Jesus takes his friends over to the side and says, "Here, hold my beer. It's organic," and mm-hmm. and he turns his persona <laughs> into white light. I mean. That's right. if that's not Christ consciousness, I don't know what is. And and exactly. as you just shared, it, it it's in the communion or whatever where you go and you get a glimpse of it, but it's mm-hmm. it's not the vehicle to ride into um, divinity. The divinity is to be reconstituted within your psyche when you heal all the places that got fragmented. Right. Absolutely. I, uh, every, every, so today I was, you know, I always take a few moments to pray slash meditate on what, what, what we want to talk about today, what I want to talk about today. And interestingly enough, and this is so appropriate for what, what's going on right now, but there's a couple of passages from my book or a, a small paragraphs that I'd like to read about our soulmates that are our karmic authorities. Could I read a couple? Please. Okay, good. Okay, so first of all, uh, surrender is the only path forward when you're up against a wall. Karmic authorities are the people we come in contact with that require us to set boundaries or respect limitations that are set for us. We will always be required to take a side when it comes to these soulmates. We will either join them in their crusades and beliefs or we will be forced in one way or another to take a stand against them. Lessons of power are what these soulmates teach. The ability to communicate effectively and learning how to empathize with others, seeing and weighing each other's point of view, are the fruits of your labor in these relationships. Often filled with conflict, experiences with these soulmates will help you see where you can take responsibility for yourself in life being accountable for your own actions. You know, I think yeah. that we, thank you. You know, I, I think that we, right now, you know, we, we're in last, the last six years, we have all been wanting to blame someone else for what's happening. And the truth is, the, the only real power we have is our willingness to inventory how we got the life we have. And stop being victimized, stop blaming, you know, there are, we can only be victimized really one, one time. Because after you, when you've been victimized, somebody has hurt you, taken something from you, done something that you didn't expect, like on whatever level, right? Then, then we begin to, to, as we follow through in our grief about the way in which we've been victimized, we begin to, to, to be witness to the signs and the symptoms and the, all the times we didn't set boundaries and the times we didn't set limits and the times we didn't walk away, right? We begin to understand how we unconsciously, energetically participate with those authorities or those people whom abuse us. And once, once a person has that understanding, it empowers them to A, no longer do that again, no longer have that happen again, be able to recognize the signs and get away from that, right? It, it puts us in a very powerful position to make another choice and have a different outcome. And that is a, God, that is a, that's just a powerful, 
oh, it's a powerful responsibility that people are afraid to have. And you know what? We, we're here. We, the time is now. We are at a time on the planet where we all have to just take responsibility for what we, what we got, what we have, what we're doing with it. Well, no matter how much you know, it hurts, we have to face those things. I, I like that. Um, in um, in a way, you're, you're, you've talked about the collective and individual relationships. For, for myself, like I used the example of my uh, um, boss that was so difficult, the mm-hmm. uh, it. I didn't fix that by avoiding him. I uh, I healed my relationship with my immense fear of what would happen yeah. if anger came up in my psyche. And then right. once I gave myself, once I got over the fear of feeling the intensity of anger, and I and I discharged an immense amount of it out of my psyche then anger yes. in and of itself didn't intimidate me. And and what I found really fascinating is um, the more I, I healed my relationship, gave myself permission to feel anger, I would feel it, I'd release it, I kind of fell off mm-hmm. his radar. I felt, and, and I right. realized that he chose to give me attention subconsciously because he knew I had an issue with anger, which he did too. But yes. he was he was in a position of dominance with anger and he felt <laughs> comfortable he felt comfortable by keeping right. me triggered. And and so right. it was it's really a beautiful thing. That, that, I mean, that was karma, a sweet spot. Karma is is who the hell designed this shit? I mean, karma is the stuff. It is really a beautiful, it's really a beautiful um, um, experience of the of the human genome. It's, 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 yes. it's I find it very elegant, very, the, the, the more I study it, it's like, this is very impressive how this whole, thing is set, uh, how reality is set up right it's it's what you it's what you see it to be it's what you what you need it to be that's and right no, no matter how you slice it it's it's what you perceive it to be yeah you know it, it, it when, when we talk about anger anger is on the precipice of grief and when we feel anger about something it's because we're avoiding feeling the loss that we've had, whatever we're mad about, whether it's our dignity, our respect, our, our things, our loved ones, whatever it is that we've lost and we're mad about it, anger covers up for our grief that is at the well of our heart. And so when we address anger, we allow anger, it, it, moves, it moves through and with it on the tail end, it brings that grief that brings the transformation and the change that we're looking to, to create, uh, the, the obstacles we're looking to break down by the anger that we have. And, and right? the anger When we get mad, we want to – the anger – Yes, go. The, the anger has uh, – it, it's so – anger is a really cool thing. I mean, it, it – 
because there's so much high energy with it that yes. um, to transform the situation is going to take a lot of energy, and, and it shows up as anger. And so you've got this fuel, this rocket fuel. You know what was really curious is – the the moment my life changed, like hitting a hitting a bug hitting the windshield, the moment my life changed, when that anger first made itself present as it's flowing out of me, I'm like, who the hell are you? And the anger was like, I don't give a crap. Think of me whatever you want. And and in exactly. hindsight, in hindsight, I realized that a lot of my phacosis with emotions was actually a mental, habitual, patterned reaction to something that was impersonal. The anger didn't care at all. Emotions, I see emotions like the return echo at Echo Canyon. It's just a a mirror of ourselves returning to us. How can an echo be personal? I mean, it just can't. Exactly. It, right. Unless you unless you have a mental stigma with it, and then it's it's still not um, personal. It's your your mental karmic stigma that's making the emotional train wreck tip you over every time. Right. Exactly. Perfectly said. Well, what are some of the um, less obvious categories in this book that you've written? Well, let's see. I'm on page 209, and (laughs) it says terrorism from an energetic perspective. Terrorism is is something that has been prominent in the collective consciousness. Yes. Shed some light on and viewing terrorism as an energetic component. So, well, so uh, so when we so terrorism is the anarchist of the warrior. A terrorist is the anarchist of a warrior, and a warrior a warrior's job is to seek conflict and resolve it. That's 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 all that a warrior does. They seek conflict and resolve it. Seek conflict and resolve it. When they re, when they resolved it, they seek another conflict. And so the only way to, like, and, that, and that's a phase of development, like each, each human being will go through that. And then we have these factions, if you will, in our society, i.e. our military, our police, uh, all the different warriors, our warrior forces, which are learning how to bring a new level of, of, of heart and compassion to the energy of being a warrior, which means being an actual peacemaker and not a warrior, right? And everybody's nice. like, right? So yep. terrorism, uh, on, a, on a fundamental level, when somebody is an anarchist of that energy, they, their goal, they don't care. Their goal isn't to care about the individual. Their goal is to stir the pot, to create whatever conflict that then puts a group of people in motion to resolve or a group of warriors in motion to resolve, right? So we see there, there are emotional terrorists 
right? We see, we see different politicians, we see different people, we see different people in power as emotional terrorists who just seek, they literally just seek to, to stir the pot. They're not necessarily functioning from their own sense of personal desire, like this happened to me, therefore uh, I'm going to do this to you. It's more of a, on a karmic level where they, they are fighting for a cause so deeply that they do not have a connection, uh, an emotional connection, let's say that, an empathic connection to the impact that they're going to have on the masses. Nice. And that's, that's one of the things, like in, in, all these, in all these mass shootings that we're seeing, we're seeing these kids, like, for a minute, just lose, lose it. Like, give, give up their minds to whatever's in control and shooting up a bunch of folk. And then when they come back to, some of them, some of them will actually experience remorse. And then some of them won't ever really be able to, to feel the magnitude of the pain that they cause. Sometimes it takes lifetimes. Right. You know, that, that, that guy, that guy or that gal, although I don't know that there are many uh, f- female shoot em up. That's <laughs> so awful. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just, it's, it's really painful right now because there are just so many of them. I can't, I can't bear it. And so I giggle a little and that's, please know that it's, that's a way of, that's the way that I grieve in public. <laughs> Survival but, tactic. Oh, but uh, when, when somebody, when somebody does that, and then they have to live with the impact of the souls on their spirit. Make no mistake about it. Those souls will stay with them and make sure they understand the impact of the pain that has happened. And sometimes, you know, the next lifetime out, they might be a drug addict because they, they sense this devastation that they can't overcome. And so they try to block it out. Right. There, like there's, yep. there's a, there's a karmic pattern that is created from taking an action that they can't fully comprehend before they take it. And unfortunately, that is how people learn. That is how we learn. That is what karma is. That's how, that's how we learn to not do those things, to be empathetic, to connect with people and understand the impact that we have on them from something as simple as saying an unkind word, right? Yeah. Uh, all oh, the way yeah. to terrorism. Well, and and the collective of Earth has has been such a deep scarring of humanity. I mean, the wars and the, I mean, just I don't have to go into it at all. The history of Earth over the thousands of years has been so yes. brutal and painful yes. that the there's so many walking numb people who are just numb yes. because of of this. Uh, past life imprinting, and yes. and from my perspective, this, uh, the viscosity of that is like concrete. It's it's really uh, um, I, I, it's just it's fascinating to me. If you look at the metaphor of uh, just to create a metric or a measuring stick on. On the karmic free arena, maybe it's a savior or um, a sage or an alchemist or a mystic or whatever. And then on the opposite right. end, it's it's somebody whose psyche is so loaded up. That's a homeless man at the corner with so much PTSD. He can't keep a coherent thought for a minute. Right. And if the truck, if the 
truck driving by backfires, he'll be confused for a couple of hours. I mean, that's kind of the other end of the psyche. In order for us to have the experience of being a slave or a victim or abused or homeless or powerless, there's so much energy difference between the top of the scale and the bottom of the scale. And so it it took us so many lifetimes to load ourselves up to even be right. qualified to play out the role of of the weak and the powerless and the victim and whatnot. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It totally makes sense. And I and I and and I, I think one of the things you're pointing out here, you know, the the opposite of a terrorist is a patriot. I mean, it's, it's not the opposite, but they're, they're the same thing is what I'm trying to say. A patriot and a terrorist are the same thing. And I know that that's really strange, but both of them adhere to a sense of righteousness, often beyond their own sensibility, I, often okay. beyond their own sense. I, I have Go to ahead. interrupt you because I have two of my yes. own. So you said terrorist and patriot. I say mm-hmm. religious fanatic and academic uh, accolades. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, cause, because the, the academic will say, well, I have an IQ of five trillion, so anything you think of <laughs> sucks. And and the right. religious fanatic says, well, my God's the big shit, so suck it. And it, it's right. really kind of the same dogma. It, it is. It is. It's like people people overcoming the truth of their own heart for yeah. the collective illusion. Uh, and, I came up. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I well, I was I wanted I want to talk about something. Um, that has to do with like a real world. How do you deal when there's a, a crazy person shooting up the room? But, sure. but I want to hear what you have to say first. And then, and then I'd like to talk a second about that. Well, wonderful. So um, I've worked in broadcast television 35 years. I've watched from the back seat humanity evolving and I see mm. patterns of exploitation over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And 2020 yes. was this, this new caliber of exploitation. And these <laughs> academic yes. folks, these, these PhDs and doctors and whatnot are champion the scalawags. And so I came up with a new term. They're suffering from academic phacosis. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they are. Beware the academic psychosis. They can't see reality through virgin eyes. Their eyes have been loaded up with all this filtering. Anyway, the floor is yours. Share with us your intentions. Okay, so the, the, the most important thing that I think that all of us need a little bit every day of is feeling empowered and knowing where where we where we are empowered and where we are powerful and telepathy our psyche what we intend what we think our thoughts are so powerful and believe it or not they are the most powerful against people who are unconsciously indulging in their righteousness 
these are sociopaths and criminals and terrorists and uh, mass shooters. All of these people are, are unconsciously, consciously, they're being driven, spirit driven by whatever is, is propelling them in their righteousness or their belief to go and do what they're doing. And one of the most powerful things is, is when you energetically in your mind speak to that person in an open heart with love and kindness, and I'm not saying it's not about being nice. So just, just a, a, a real quick story. I, I, will, I live in L.A., and I was uh, driving one afternoon, and I pulled up to, to behind this car who was making a left-hand turn. And a truck pulled up behind me, got out of the truck, and threw a full Coke can at the, the dude in the, in the car in front of me. And, and it just it smacked, it dented his car. And he made a left, and then he stopped mid-road and – uh, got out of his car and lunged in the back. And I, I it was a young kid, and I just I, I knew he had a gun. Like I, I could I could I could see it. I could feel it. I could see this this situation playing out. And so right. I am looking at him, and I'm saying, I love you. You do not need to do that. And there are people who love you, and they do not want you to do that because you are going to be in jail for the rest of your life. And stop it. Like I'm saying this to him in my mind. I'm staring yes. at him. I'm giving him the, like it's even bigger than the side eye, right? I'm looking right yeah. at him. Right. And, and this dude, I swear to God, he pulls his head out of the back seat and looks around like he does not what, know what the fuck happened. Like he forgot. He forgot what he was doing. <laughs> he got in his car and he drove away. And I made my left turn, turned the corner and pulled into an alley and burst into tears and just cried my little eyes out for about 10 minutes. But it, it was such a powerful moment because I just, I couldn't, I, I, was in, I was in the line of fire. There were other people on the street who saw what was happening, and they were also in the line of fire. And it just, it, I, I was there, and it just couldn't go down. I just couldn't have it go down. And sometimes all it takes is intervening that focused energy for 30 seconds. That's all it takes is intervening on their consciousness, that, that 30 seconds of focus where they're rageful and they want to take an action to intervene on that just to, just enough time to get to the next moment. And like I said, it, it, it was literally as if he, 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 he sat up and like he forgot what he was doing. And then he was like, oh, I'm in the middle of the road. I need to go. And so he went. And, you know, who knows what happened after that? But it was powerful. Right. And that taught me a huge lesson. We have more power in any situation than we think we do no matter how dire it seems. Nice. Well, you were sharing your discernment where he had lost his own. Right. Exactly. Well, rodeos can go by pretty fast when you're having fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I want you to take Take all the time you want and tell us about your books, your practice, uh, how people can get a hold of you, your web pages. Let us know all about okay. you. Wonderful. So uh, the Conquer Your Karmic Relationships is the third volume in the Demon Slayer's Handbook series. And the series addresses our spirituality, our physicality, our emotionality, our psychology, 
uh, every aspect of ourselves on every level. It goes from dealing with our inner, inner workings to our spiritual workings to our relationships. And they are truly manuals for this period of time. It will tell you how to, de- how to set boundaries and how to deal with everything that you can come, come across happening right now. So I, I really recommend that people, people get it. You can, you can anywhere where books are sold. Uh, I do have a, actually a, uh, an anniversary box set that people can get from me if you go to uh, beaslayer.com. That's www.beaslayer.com. Uh, and then you can find me at tracydunblazer.com. That's T-R-A-C-E-E. Dunblazer, D-U-N-B-L-A-Z-I-E-R.com. And I love to connect with people on social media. Uh, my Facebook is, is uh, at Tracy Dunblazer. Twitter is at Tracy Dunblazy. And uh, YouTube and Instagram are at GoTracy. Um, I also have a, a, a podcast myself um, called Chatcast. And I talk about topics that people you know, have, a, have a, a difficult time talking about or they feel uncomfortable talking about them. I like to dig into those. Um, and, off, you know, I, I do do a, a, a monthly live session and then I've got a lot of canned sessions that you can uh, watch, a lot of episodes. Um, and the last thing that I'll say is I also have a membership program. Uh, if you want to begin to connect with a community of people who, who want to be real, who want to learn to talk about things as they are and accept themselves as they are and a safe place to do that. It's called Living Radical Acceptance, and you can find that at my website too. Beautiful. And thank you so much for, for, for having this wonderful time with me today. I really appreciate you, Les. Well, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? Mm. You know, I do. And it's going to take me just a second. There it is. It's one, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a quote from the book, and it always touches my heart. But it talks about unity. And unity is the coming together of all the parts of ourselves, loved, misunderstood, and unknown. Our goal is to bring all of those together into unity. And that's what I wish for everybody. Well, very nice. Uh, It's been a delightful episode. I have very much, very much enjoyed this conversation with you, Tracy. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. Thank you very much, Les. We've been talking with Tracy Dunblazer, and the topic tonight is the name of her latest book, Conquer Your Karmic Relationships, Heal Spiritual Trauma, to open your heart and restore your soul. Wow, it's a, I, I, I recommend her book. It's a very good book. It's very comprehensive. Um, karma is one of my favorite topics, and she, she covers it very well. I'm, I'm impressed with the book. You know, I'm, I'm about to start up some online classes, and I approach karma from a viscosity point of view. It's... Um, I guess it's the TV engineer brain in me that the way I I work on myself is the the viscosity of my personal energy persona. 
And over the years, it has really proven um, effective. I mean, if you wait to be emotionally triggered or you wait for the card to tip over and then you go deal with it, um, you're just setting yourself up for occurrence after occurrence after occurrence where if you go, if you um, take inventory of the viscosity of your consciousness, you can actually clean stuff up before you bump into it, so to speak. Some of the stuff can be so old that uh, it just has kind of a numbness to it, kind of a, um, you don't get a clear indication that it's this emotion or that emotion, yet it's still energy in your psyche, and yet it still consumes part of your consciousness to be stored there. Um, so that's something you might consider. I, I, um, I've i been doing it 25 years, and even in the last six months, I'm very impressed with um, this new consciousness I've made for myself, so to speak. It, and it's not that I've made it. I've re, um, It's harvesting what I have surrendered in the past to my karma. It's it's like harvesting my karma to reconstitute my totality, if that makes sense. Hey, I want to thank you, the listener. You showed up for yourself. Here you are with this episode. And uh, I'm impressed. I'm glad you're here. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.